0: Thank you for tuning in. I'm Angelica Malucci, licensed clinical social worker and certified fashion stylist, founder and facilitator of Glow Up, Glow Together, where youth and youth educators transform generational trauma from the outside in. Now let's get glowing. So we'll get into it. Natan Santos is from Boston, Mass, and a recent Dartmouth College graduate. He has a deep passion for business, art, and social change. He currently works for Converse Nike Inc on their North American marketing team. At Converse, he serves as a culture and community specialist where he guides the brand through partnership with emerging artists and influential stakeholders. He has founded the design company Doughboy Natan with Doughboy Natan. You can step into his world as a creative and experience his storytelling through fashion, art, home goods. And more recently, he co founded Chapter One Initiative. It is an organization with the aim to provide students access to reading materials and resources by hosting citywide free community book fairs. Well, dang, we really do have a lot to talk about. All right, so quick round of Bopper Flop. Mm-hmm. So, Bopper Flop. Boston in the winter.
1: Boston in the winter. You know, growing up, I loved it because I would always, like, make money shoveling. So I would say Bob, especially because I'm realizing now as I'm getting older and older, I want to leave the winter bad, but (laughs) I do enjoy all seasons of fashion. Mm
0: -hmm. I would
1: say Bob.
0: Yes, I feel that. When you can really get into that layering. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, and I think is Boston just beautiful in the winter. I think like it's underestimated. Obviously, gets slushy and nasty and all that, but like you got the seaport. Like they start introducing like their winter wonderland. You got the downtown wonderland. I just think there's so much to experience in the winter. At least like a couple winters is fine. After you've been here your whole life, you're like, all right, I need to move on. But yeah. for the most part, I'll say it's about
0: <laughs> for the most part about. We won't talk about like March, but
1: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Okay, bopper Flop DIY projects?
1: Mm. Well, I'm like the king of DIY. So I'm going to say Bop. In terms of just like making, recently started like trying to dabble into like furniture. And I think what got me into fashion to begin with, or like wanting to do fashion, was because I love, like I love clothes always, but all we couldn't always afford them. and couldn't always have like the fly's gear. So my mom, actually, I took the inspiration from her. She would go to Goodwill and buy curtains or buy like furniture and try to reupholster chairs, et cetera, on her own. So then I was like, you know what? Like, let me bug her and figure out how to like sew and started doing that with clothing. So I started putting patch on jackets or like started flaring my pants or cutting them up or whatever the case may be. So it always like, it was a cheap alternative to always looking cool. So I would definitely, that's definitely a bop, especially with sustainability now.
0: That's what's up. I love that your mom passed that down to you also and how versatile that skill of sewing like clothes like furniture everything that's what's up okay bop or flop mafungo
1: i'm gonna say flop uh <laughs> i'm puerto rican and dominican and obviously you know that's our forte but i would have to lean into my dominican side and say i want mango just because it's more like it's more moist and just like more of enjoyable. More focus. sometimes, depends on who's making it, can be really dry. It's a hit or miss. Uh, when I was in Puerto Rico a couple years ago, I went to like a bunch of different authentic spots, like quote-unquote authentic spots, tried it out, and I was like, y'all just not hitting it all the way. Some of them were definitely hitting. So I guess I have to be in the mood for it, and it has to be done in a moist. It can't be dry. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people miss on it and make a dry one, so I would have to say like a flop for me. And it depends on who's making it. I
0: won't hold it against you, but uh, put the people on. What's your go-to spot in Boston for?
1: For food? Like what kind of food?
0: Okay, so you're not a mofongo person. So where do you go then in Boston for Dominican food?
1: Obviously, a a cultural staple is Yelly Coffee Shop in JP. Cultural staple every Sunday after church and get some mango fried cheese, salami. That was I mean, I don't eat pork anymore, but growing up I did. So, like, that was a guaranteed Yelly Coffee Shop. I would say my number one spot.
0: You say, What did you say? You said cheese fries?
1: Fried cheese. Fried so cheese. Yeah, so they cut up cheese, put it in flour, and then deep fry it. Deep fried cheese, salami, and mashed plantains. And then sometimes you can add, you can get a fried egg if you want to. That was my
0: last meal. I feel like I would be fine.
1: It's amazing, but you have to go in the morning, though. Once it gets like in the midday, the mango starts to harden a little bit and they don't hit the same. So um, you gotta get them. Honestly, they also sell out too by the time, like, okay. I think one comes around.
0: Okay. All right. Well, everybody heard it here first. Get there early. And this is gonna be my last meal. I'm gonna put that in my will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Bopper Flop College.
1: Oh, absolutely, Bop. Growing up, if you asked me what I wanted to do, I wanted to own a bodega. David. That was like my thing. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna own a corner store. That's my thing. Like, I want a corner store. So like, college, I didn't fully understand like the importance of it, or like fully understand what it meant. However, like you know, my mom always told me, you're a student right now, and that's your most important thing. I don't care about this or that, or you want to do this, you want to do that. Like, your job right now is a student, so you got to do it well. And my mom has always said like. Whatever it is you're doing, just make sure you're doing it to your best capabilities and you're setting a standard for it. So I was getting like straight A's in school, but not because like college was the mission. I was getting straight A's because that's what I understood was just like my responsibility was, yeah, she's telling me this is my only job, so I must do it well. I guess it kind of like snowballed into like, oh, getting straight A's, you started getting to these different programs, you start getting these different scholarships, etc., Now, when like they started talking about college and I remember I was part of the Harvard Crimson program and that was my first time ever stepping foot like on a college campus. It was like freshman summer of high school and I stepped foot on on Harvard's campus and I was like sleeping in the dorms, et cetera. And I just got so much access to these different careers and these different art programs and just overall learning. And I became so invigorated with Oh, learning and seeing what's out there. We went to like our first Circus still L.A. And like we went to all that. And at that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to college. Like college is a must because I'm surrounded by people who are like hella smart, who are excited. And I think what college is like so underrated is like the social aspect of it and, and not the parties, but more so like the individuals you meet. The like random access to stuff. I think like I was hella privileged in the school I went to where we had access to like DJ equipment where if you wanted to start a podcast, you could. If you want to learn how to DJ, you could. We had access to like wood shops. So you learn how to like maneuver with furniture, et cetera. And it was free. I mean, obviously I got a scholarship to go, but once you pay for it as a student, you get all access to all these things for free. And I think to me, college is definitely a bob. Like I wouldn't be where I'm at without college. It's not for everyone. And I completely understand that. I think like, as long as you find an alternative, it always works, but I would always advocate for it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that and and your experience from where you started and how it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Like you can have a dream to have a store, but that this is one route to getting there, you know, and and having access and kind of really shaping the way that you would envision your store later. And I also think it's interesting that you mention a bodega because in Boston, you know, the bodega sneaker shop where you walk in. And you think you're in a bodega. you step on the the vending machine, Matt, it flips around, and then you're in a sneaker shop. <laughs> right. so it's interesting that your path kind of led you that way.
1: yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And <laughs> I think' there's that. I think there's so much knowledge now that I have going to school coming back and like still wanting a bodega. but like deep down inside, like maybe it wasn't the bodega, but it was it was like me at a young age knowing exactly how much I wanted freedom or my own independence in terms of entrepreneurship. So I think like the kid in me would definitely be satisfied with the decisions I'm making in terms of like being a business owner. He may be like, oh, that's not really a bodega, but that's pretty cool. It's close enough. And I'll probably just buy one just later on in life as a joke. But (laughs) it's definitely important that, you know, you keep that spirit alive as a kid. But I think also knowing that the parallels of me going to school is just making me that much more of a successful business owner. And like, you can be an entrepreneur, but I think like going to school has allowed me to like understand, open my mind up to thinking about business in a creative way that if I started a business right out of high school, may or may not have been like as successful.
0: Right. So this piece too, you mentioned of looking back, looking forward, like talking to, you know, your younger self and being like, well, what would he think of this? And there's this quote by Lao Tzu which is at the center of your being you have the answer you know who you are and you know what you want and mm. you know watching you grow up in a creative space I wonder like your process how do you link up with who you are and what you want
1: you know it's funny because I think this gener- like I hate making generalizations but I think the generation that I'm growing up in is it's very hard to remind yourself of like who you are and what you want, because we're constantly being told what's expected of you and what you want. And I think people kind of get bombarded with like everything on social media. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be living this kind of lifestyle or if I have this access to this, I can be this, or I could be that. It's been hard. And at times having to take like a break from the noise and a break from all that, because it could be overwhelming. You could be questioning yourself about what you want to do and where you want to be and how to remain true to yourself. My biggest thing has been probably family. I remember like straight going out of school, straight going to school, my mom said to me, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. And at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. And it is so true because I think my freshman year, I kind of lost a little bit of that. And then I was like sophomore year, like really lost, not figuring out, not knowing what I wanted to do or started like looking into banking and all these other professions and careers. And I sat down and was like, I'm not happy. And I don't know why not. And it was because I stopped doing the things that I enjoy. So long winded answer, but I would honestly say, what keeps me grounded and true to myself is like just doing the things that I want. I think it's as simple as if you wake up, instead of thinking about how you should feel, just feel right. Like, and if you, this morning you wanted to wear this color, you wanted to do this thing, just go ahead and do it because You have, like you said, that quote said you had the answer. The answer is like your desires, your inspirations, et cetera. So the more you lean into those things, the more you'll be, you know, acting in accordance with yourself. I think like leaning, leaning fully into the things you enjoy and like canceling out the noise and that's easier said than done, but just always reminding yourself like, well, how does this make me feel? Does this make me happy to wear this color? Does this make me happy to, you know, do this thing, et cetera? I hope I answered the question. I know I went, I went. Yeah. uh,
0: Absolutely. And it's, you know, less about the question and more where it takes you. And and I appreciate hearing that because, like you said, we, we do have the answer. And it really is as simple as waking up and being like, okay, what am I going to wear? Or just listening to that inner voice. And I appreciate, you know, what you said about, it's very hard to get in touch with that inner voice when we are bombarded with so much all the time. And to really figure out, okay, who am I apart from that? What do I want? you know, what your mom said, that gave me goosebumps of like, you know, remember who you are. Because even as you were growing and evolving, that you remain true to like your essence. And I really appreciate, you know, hearing about that. And it sounds, you know, you've mentioned your mom too about, you know, sewing and getting you into that. So I wonder like, when or who was it that really set being an artist in motion for you?
1: I'm of the understanding now that everyone's an artist. Whether we choose to accept the title or not, like we're all artists. I think even down to like fashion is a pure example of that. Everyone has to figure out what they're gonna wear when they wake up in the morning. Someone as simple as like even Steve Jobs who would wear the same outfit every day, like that was intentional. So even in that essence, I think there is art in the way people present themselves and the things we do, the things we buy, the things we say. Everything is an art. But on the conventional terms, I'll say like I was growing up with art. All around me in a household without knowing it or without them subscribing to the title as an artist you know my mom was constantly rearranging furniture constantly going to thrift shops and finding the cool knickknacks to bring into the house constantly like you know reupholstering the chairs or changing the curtains out and then my father i mean his profession is like commercial painting so like he would paint you know banks or like paint BJs or something, and that in itself is like okay, that may he's not doing anything elaborate, he's just putting paint on the wall. But there was a specific technique in where do you, how do you do it? There's a specific technique on how to like you make sure you cut the corners without having to put tape on the ground. Like there's an art to that. And then my older brother was probably, and then my sister is like a writer, and then my older brother is probably the closest to a conventional artist. You know, he was always wearing like the latest, like the Sean John suits, or you know, always into the Pharrell like ice cream or he's a visual artist he went to Barson Arts Academy for high school I remember as a kid like he drew an Air Force One on his wall and like painted it and every couple months he would get bored and like change the colorway of the painting on the wall so like the mirror on his in this room was like you know different so he was like the closest to conventional artist we had in the household so I was like getting informed by all these things and like now I'm I haven't realized this but now this conversation with you is, is hilarious because like I'm coming to the realization that, all those things have informed me as an artist like seeing all of this i dabble in writing you know maybe that's from seeing, seeing my sister i dabble in the furniture that's from seeing it from my mom and like the things that i gravitate towards as fashion and art like i was being informed by my older brother so it's like it's cool because i think all these things me being true to myself or forming these identities or this identity as an artist i don't think it was a one person or one event that made me like adopt this identity as an artist or or being an artist, I think it was you know, just my upbringing and it being normalized in the household. Everyone was just creative naturally, it made it okay.
0: I love that you can see where in your identity as an artist, like you were influenced by your family. It is like a part of your DNA, right? And the way that you express yourself. And I remember meeting you at a fashion show in Boston and I think you were in high school. You spoke about your work and then your clothes started walking down the runway. And I was like, I heard his words, but now I see them in motion. And, you know, your bio, you talk about creative storytelling and the work you do through fashion and arts. I often talk about stylist storytelling and, you know, what you mentioned, how we can share about who we are through the clothes that we wear. But it is kind of like a handwriting, you know, it's like innate to who we are. And so I wonder how would you describe your style or handwriting, so to speak?
1: Well, I would go to like the pillars of the Doughboy and like, and his nature is to be a kid again or not even a kid again. It's just to remember to like dream limitlessly as a child would without knowing the confines of society and all this stuff. So it's like really leaning into that identity of like, be who you want to be and do the things you want to do. And if that means like, indulging in comic books or chucky or whatever the case may be whatever it is that you know attracts you to do that and i, I think i display that in, in my fashion is it's not one thing it's all these things like i might wear a bright pink shirt one day or i might go all black and like look you know like i'm in the matrix or whatever the case may be i think <laughs> i'm i think fashion for me has always been trying to embody these different characters when i put on this clothing it's like what character do i want to play today and that's been the nature of my fashion It's like taking all these elements that shouldn't be together and putting them together has always excited me. I think like growing up, I wanted to be the kid who wore like a bow tie, but then I would be like wearing a bow tie. And the next day i would be wearing like giant baggy pants with like Air Force Ones. And it's like, OK, you're bringing these two worlds together. So like I've always been interested in like, how do I bring in these different worlds that I'm part of and interested in? into my personal style.
0: I love that it can be everything, like you make room for everything. And how powerful that can be when we realize like we don't have to limit ourselves. Like our style can be undefined <laughs> besides just what we're wearing, like giving ourselves that real space and expansiveness to just be present like with what is, what we're feeling and and take it day by day. Yeah, I appreciate that and I think about, you know, you mentioned your younger self and how, you know, just looking back at your journey, like these different steps that you've really taken in becoming who you are and, you know, where you are now. And so I wonder what part of your glow up would you go back in time and share with your younger self?
1: Like what moment in time? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Like what part of your like glow up journey, and it could be a moment in time or, an experience or an accomplishment like anything that you would want to go back and tell your younger self like you won't believe this or like listen to this or
1: I definitely say for me has to be where I am at this current moment I shall go back because the younger me probably thought that I would be in Paris Fashion Week by 20 and like that was just super ambitious so I'll tell him like yo we're not there yet but we're gonna be there and I think like right now, I just tell him like, yo, I don't think you would understand like the growth you have made creatively. And that like every step that we have, we are doing or going to do is informing the creative process and it's informing our journey. And a couple of days ago, I was like thinking to myself, like, oh, you know, I started this brand and I started doing this and I dropped this and I should be here or I should be there. And like, there are all these shoulds that popped up and I was like, no, like I should be where I am. And it's understanding that this is a process and you're growing and all these things are informing you, informing your creative process, informing the business development, informing all these things that are going to create what you're looking forward to. And I I haven't been in a more clear headspace than I am right now ever. So I would say like, you know, you're on the right path. And like, you wouldn't even imagine that we built our own studio there. You know, we're running our own collection and that we're working in an industry with sneakers like they he wouldn't be able to fathom that idea that, you know, we're actually making a living selling clothes.
0: Right. So I heard you say looking back, recognizing that the goal you had for yourself, while that specific goal isn't actualized at this moment, the way that that goal has manifested in other forms is Just, if not more, you know, powerful than that original thought and and dream. So talk to me about your passions for what you do. And I'm thinking about, you know, youth that are hearing this and you've talked about your journey, taking your passions with you. What advice would you give youth about moving forward with their passions and purpose?
1: Mm. I mentioned it earlier, like canceling out the noise. Again, like I said, it's easier said than done because we have all these expectations placed on us, especially like if you are the first in your family to like break through and break certain curses or if you come from an impoverished like community or a marginalized community, like if you're a person of color, like there's so many things that you're constantly battling, and it's really hard to continue to remind yourself like who you are and where you want to be and chasing the passion because I think you know other factors starting to come into play, like finances. The reality is those who choose to be an artist are choosing a bold path and are doing the hard thing and choosing like, maybe the thing that's not the most secure, but I would say there's always a way. And as long as you continue to do the thing you wanna do, eventually your breakthrough will come and your flowers will come and everything will make sense, but it's just a continuing path to like not give up. For me, I've invested so much money and time since I started when you saw me in the fashion show at 16, that amount of time and effort and money in like summer jobs and working at TJ Maxx or working at Banana Republic and trying to like save up any little check I had from seven hours of work I did a week or whatever. Those moments is like, you want to sometimes be like, Oh, what am I doing? This is a waste. I'm not seeing the fruits of my labor yet. I'm not seeing like how, All these sacrifices I'm making are manifesting and the success that I hope for or 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 like or that's necessary for me to continue. Like at the end of the day, there is a there is a necessity. But eventually, you'll have your breakthrough because like no work goes unpaid. And I think that that is like the ultimate thing is like figure out what it is that inspires you and also have the grace to know that it may change and it's okay. And to also know that like never put yourself in a box. If you're a recording artist and tomorrow you grow a passion for producing music. And start producing music and just continue that journey and and have grace with yourself to like mold and change and adjust to when you see the necessary and like honestly it's so cliche but it's you know people say never give up but like continue to go even when the days are hard continue to invest because like right on the other side of it is like that little glimpse of success that will give you the energy to continue and I, I would say like honestly I didn't see I still haven't. I still haven't seen the fruits of my labor fully, fully actualized in a way where I can like be a full time artist, which is why I still have a job. I have a blessing to say I have a job and still able to do art. And I have a job in which closely aligns to it, which is what I'm happy about. Even the advice that I'm giving to myself is like, gotta stick with it because eventually you'll get a breakthrough. Mm,
0: Yes, what I'm hearing is like, trust your truth, what you're putting out, just trust, trust yourself, like know that what goes around is is going to come around. And so the energy that you put out there will come back to you. As you said, like to stick with it. And that can be it can be hard to remember on those days, or when those small pieces that add up, like you mentioned, you know, working at TJ Maxx or Banana Republic, or you're still in the field, but it's the beginning. And so trusting that that will take you to where you are now. So I really appreciate you sharing that, and I know that you have a lot that you're doing also to give back to the community from where you're from. Um, you talk about art and social change, and just thinking about that intersection of arts and activism in your work. Anything that you want to share with people about the projects that you're you're currently working on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We recently did the Book Fair Chapter One, and that was like ignited because. I saw a tweet. Actually, I saw a tweet that was like, when I make it and I have kids, I'm giving my kids like a thousand dollars to splurge at the book fair. And I thought it was hilarious. And I sat down and thought about like, oh, there was a time in which the book fair wasn't a reality. Like for me, where it's like I was always sad about going to a book fair and like not being able to get the thing that I wanted. There was like that was like a real flex culture. Like that was like kids were flexing and like, yo, I got the Guinness World Book and it was fifty dollars. I got all these erasers and i got all of this and it's like that was a true demonstration of money that's how you saw and i think a kid, as kids we didn't know we didn't know that's to show off oh i got you could t- clearly tell the the, the discrepancies in the classroom on like who had what whose family had what and who didn't based on like the book fair so i was always i was like disappointed i didn't want to bother my mother with that it felt books to me felt like a luxury which crazy now and like That I even say that? They were a luxury. So that inspired chapter one. That inspired the idea of like, all right, let's make a book fair where like these kids could go and just get dope books. They could go and just get the book that they want. Because oftentimes, too, when people get free stuff in the community, it's nice, but it's never it's never the thing that the kid actually wants or the person actually wants. Right. Like it's like the affordable thing when people give out things for free they're never giving out the luxury thing they're not giving out the guinness World book record so for us we were really trying to earn as much money as we can through donations and just like fundraising etc because we wanted to get the dopest pencils the dopest books the things that were it the it thing that if a kid walked away with it they were given the status symbol of like oh yeah i get to flex this book that i got you know and i think that that was the idea behind the essence of chapter one was like how can we give these things out for free? You know, how can we give these books out for free? And then that, you know, transpired into like, you know, raising the money and then the artwork, but you know, everything we do and everything I try to do in my art has always been like, how can I make it engaging and artful? So like we're raising money and that the video for chapter one was like this elaborate video. It wasn't just like, Oh, here, give us this money, you know, or the artwork and the color, we did a color palette and try to like, you know, make it artful and fun. And that's always the idea behind that. And I think even in my personal collections for Doughboy is always storytelling. Storytelling is the essence of it all. And like, that's why Doughboy is like the fun character eating a donut. It's this idea that like, it's youthful, it's playful, but in the essence of it, there's so much storytelling in it. In this brand, you're going to experience me. You're going to experience what goes through my head and the stories that I want to tell. You know, we're working. I'm working on this next collection about Boston. It's all about inspiring this idea Again, it's probably inspired by Twitter. Like, oh, I don't even know like black and brown people lived in Boston. And that to me was like going to college. I constantly got that. Whenever I would travel to different cities, I constantly got that. And they would be like, you don't sound like you're from Boston. Oh, I don't sound like my Walker. Okay, cool. There's so much pride and everyone I know that's from Boston is like die hard, live Boston. I know it's a frustration that we often feel when we travel and we leave the city and people don't understand it, right? And there's a bunch of issues with that. Obviously it's like, what gets promoted in mainstream media and all the commercials that be promoting, like, oh, your cousin from Boston, and they're always focusing on Southie or Charlestown. And then the city itself, like Boston, the city itself, unfortunately, like continues to silence and marginalize communities and push them to the side and continue to be like displaced. We often don't even get a platform to tell our story. So I don't even fault the rest of the country for not knowing that we exist and we're here. So that whole collection was inspired by that. The whole collection is inspired by the frustration of like, no, we're here and we're dope and this is what we're doing. And actually there's a rich history in this city of like these communities thriving and growing and doing all this dope stuff. So here's a, a demonstration of that. So that collection is all about that and really excited, I think is should be coming out in the next month or so. But that constantly all the stories that I tell within Doughboy are about that Are about like how my lived experience informs my art and that like often just getting a chance to just tell the stories oftentimes aren't told or even from my perspective being told, like I can't look at somebody in the fashion industry right now and see an individual who like, represents my upbringing or my background or my people or anything like that right like I find adjacencies there's definitely designers that I'm inspired by who are adjacent telling my stories but no one that like fully looks like me no one that fully like embodies my upbringing and culture so I think for me the art of doing my art in an essence is resistance it's, it's like pushing the needle forward
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that it really has been a great honor to watch you go from you know 16-year-old you at the fashion show and move into this new era and just really appreciate all that you are doing as an individual and really seeing the ripple effects of that like you're you really are embodying the like idea of glowing up and then glowing together and making that happen within your community so really appreciate who you are, what you're doing, and your time. Let everybody know where they can find you and your work.
1: Absolutely. Primarily, my website is uh, doughboynatan.com, real simple, um, and then my Instagram is at doboynathan too.
0: You can find more at glowupglowtogether.com or on Instagram at glowupglowtogether. Thank you for your support.